2: Would you believe
0: it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
3: Kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Paul hit me up on Twitter and said Regis was on the sideline at game on the game Monday in uniform. And uh, yeah, he's on the active roster, but on the physical roster that they actually hand us, uh, his name is not listed right now. So I'll have to get an update on what's going on with Trey Regis. But he looks like he's available on the active roster to answer the question that we had before we went to break. But right now on the phone lines, pleased to have Brooke Pryor from ESPN. She does a great job covering the Pittsburgh Steelers like a glove. And, uh, Brooke, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. The Steelers 1-0 on the season after coming up with a nice victory over the Buffalo Bills, a very entertaining game in itself. Now they prepare for the Raiders to head to Pittsburgh for Week 2 matchup. What was your biggest takeaway from the first half of that Steelers game compared to the second half of the Steelers game where they really looked like they got things going?
4: Yeah, man, the the two halves. I say at halftime, you know, I thought, man, this is really rough, and this post game is going to go not great for for all of us who are waiting to talk to the team after just the, how bad things looked in the first half. But it felt like second half they really settled down. I felt like Najee Harris was able to get going a little bit. He still wasn't necessarily as explosive as I thought he would be, but that defense really turned up the pressure i mean they were good all first half but it felt like second half the offense was able to compliment the defense uh and and really thank them for hey thank you for keeping us in this game in the first half because without the way that they were playing that first half they would not have been within striking distance to come back and win the game the way that they did.
3: How how big was that of a victory for the Steelers? Who I mean, they're not a team that anyone looks at, oh, man, they're going to struggle all year. Or whatever. I mean, Mike Tomlin's a hell of a head coach. The team is a, a really good team each and every year. But just to get a victory over Buffalo, a team that has high expectations, really high expectations this year, the way that they did it, how big was that even for their just, hey, their, their mental, just going after week one?
4: Yeah, I think it's huge, especially considering – I mean, I didn't see anywhere that the Steelers were picked to win that game. I mean, I know inside the building, of course, you always think you're going to win every week, but the external uh, narrative was, you know, gosh, hope the Steelers can at least keep it close. I mean, this is going against a team that has beaten them the last two seasons um, and really derailed them toward the end of the season. Last year, that loss against the Bills was a part of that five-game skid to end the regular season. Two years ago was when it felt like the Bills really took um, the renegade that's played at Heinz Field and used it instead to fuel them scoring a touchdown, which is not typically uh, how renegade goes when it's played. It usually amps up the defense to, get, uh, to shut down the offense. So I think that it was a big um, demon that they exercised in beating Buffalo and to beat them week one in, in Buffalo mm-hmm. with all of Bill's mafia there I think it really proved that, you know, they belong in the conversation to be contenders in the AFC
3: North. Yeah, it, it, I thought it was a big win. Uh, I was very entertained by the game just in general. Of course, Buffalo and, and Pittsburgh, like you mentioned, man, they, they they battle. They really do, and it was a battle on Sunday. Uh, Najee Harris, he's a guy that I'm very high on. I think that he's going to uh, do some really good things for Pittsburgh. Uh, kind of got off to a slow start. You mentioned he got going a little bit more in the second half, but uh, that offensive line is, is, is kind of under construction as well. How much of that had to do uh, with his uh, early struggles that he had?
4: You know, I think the offensive line is part of it, but I think also it's him adjusting to the NFL game. He's a rookie. I mean, from what we've seen in practice and what we saw in training camp, he didn't look like a rookie, but Sunday to me was the first time where it was this realization of, hey, this is still a really young player. I think he's still going to be a really good contributor, a really important player in this Pittsburgh Steelers offense, not only this year, but in the future. But he has to start somewhere, and it didn't help. He does not have... The same offensive line that he had at Alabama, but there were some things that I think he realized. Oh, I can't do this in the NFL. I mean, there were times where it looked like he was running two contact, and guys that maybe he would have run over and dragged for a couple yards just weren't moving anywhere. Um, some catches that he looked like was trying to grab with one hand. I don't. I don't know that he could have even had a two handed grab. But some of those catches that might have been easier in college just weren't there the same way. So I think. He just had to knock some of the rust off or had to knock some of the newness off, um, and then you saw him get more into a rhythm in the second half. But I don't think all of his struggles can go directly on the offensive line, although, like you said they' there's they are under construction there's still a lot of room for growth within that
3: unit. Talking right now with Brooke Pryor from ESPN does a great job covering the Steelers like a glove at B.E. Pryor on Twitter. And and Brooke, as far as that offensive line, just go a little further. I mean, the Raiders were able to get a lot of pressure on Lamar Jackson without blitzing. How much of that uh, of a, is a concern of that, that Max Crosby can kind of get off? I don't know what's happening with and Gakwe if he's going to play or not, but just for that, off, that defensive line to be able to get that pressure without blitzing, uh, is that a big concern for Big Ben?
4: Yeah, I think so. I mean, just to see the way that that Max Crosby really manhandled uh, Alville and Uweza is not really encouraging for the Steelers. They have uh, Chukwuma Okorafor at right tackle. He did not look great against the Bills, um, and I I think that that's going to be a major area of concern and an area that I think the Raiders are going to be able to exploit is Yes, yeah, so Okorafor is one of the more veteran members of this line, but the Steelers said all offseason that he was moving over to left side because he's better there. Zach Banner is supposed to be at right tackle. He's now on IR. That moved Chukes back to right, put a rookie at left tackle. But I really think that that's going to be the matchup to watch and could be the matchup that dictates this game because, yes, the line is a work in progress. They did some really good things, I think, I I agree with what Mike Tomlin said earlier this week that they have all the intangibles, they have the physicality, they have the attitude and the energy to be good, but the skill isn't there yet, and the cohesion isn't there yet. And when you're going up a guy up against a guy like Max Crosby, you really need those last two parts to be there because he, I think, you know, is really going to uh, make Ben Roethlisberger have a few more bumps and bruises, and. He said he had this week. If Chukwukoror can't hold him off,
3: what have you seen from Big Ben? Uh, I just I, I feel like he he got into really good shape in the off season. He showed a lot of leadership. He showed a lot of uh, kind of that just being that veteran and really wanting to get it done with this team again this year. But I mean, just from training camp, preseason, and so far through week one of the season, what has been your thoughts on Big Ben?
4: Yeah, I think that that he he did come in in good shape. He said he didn't do anything drastically transformative it's just about him being aware of of what his body at 39 years old needs to do in order for him to be the most effective he can be on the field and I thought he was really good in that uh, Detroit Lions preseason game um, he showed some mobility he just he was making throws that we didn't really see from him a year ago I think the emphasis this year is on him still having some agility in the pocket um, when, when he needs it, and also to make more of those mid-range throws. Because um, Last year was a lot of, of short stuff and letting the receiver get to work, but now they still want to do that, but they need to stretch the field a little bit more. Not all of his passes were on target on Sunday. There were some that were, quite frankly, very off target. <laughs> um, but I think that he feels healthier than he did at this point a year ago. He said, yeah, look, my elbow felt good last year but I didn't know how good it was supposed to feel um, just coming back from, from the injury that he had a year before that in the surgery. So I think that he's starting to get his groove back, but he's really going to depend on the O-line to keep him upright. Cause yeah, at 39 years old, there's not, there's not too many hits that he really can afford to take, especially this early in the season.
3: Brooke Pryor is our guest right now on unnecessary roughness Raider Nation, radio 920 and uh, TJ Watt. Cam Hayward, pretty special guys, right there on the defensive line uh, for the Steelers. Of course, they they make their hay, they do what they do, and the Raiders, similar to the Steelers, are kind of a work in progress with that uh, their offensive line. Uh, how much do you think that TJ and, and Hayward are kind of licking their chops, preparing for this game on a Sunday?
4: Yeah, I mean TJ Watt is licking his chops anytime he can get on a football field. <laughs> but yeah, I think that he looks at this line situation, especially with the injuries that, that happened coming out of that Ravens game, mm-hmm. and I, I think that this Raiders offensive line is not quite as good as the Bills line. Um, I'm going to be really interested to see, too, the officiating in this game because against the Bills, they were way more holding calls than I feel like we saw at any point last year, um, and so I'm, I'm interested to see if that continues this week or if the Bills were just egregiously holding so much that the officials had to call it or if it's something that they're more concentrated on this year. Uh, but I, I think that T.J. Watt is going to be very excited and is really going to try to pick apart that matchup. And Cam Hayward, too. I mean, those two are the most important members of the Steelers' defensive front. Um, Cam Hayward's the guy that recovered the trip sack that T.J. Watt had against the Bills. Um, and his motivation, it's funny you talk about Ben Roethlisberger being 39 years old, Cam Hayward is 32, and Mike Tomlin picks on him all the time for being old because he knows that that gets under Cam's skin, and then Cam wants to go out and prove him wrong. And it works against the Bills, and Tomlin told us this week, hey, keep asking him about how old he is. Keep reminding him that he's old (laughs) in football years. That's course. funny. So I <laughs> I think he's going to be plenty motivated for Sunday.
3: That is funny. That's a cool little nugget right there to know that uh, Tomlin eggs him on by talking about his age. That's good stuff right there. We're talking to Brooke Pryor from ESPN here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And how about Darren Waller? He had a monster game on Monday against the Ravens, 10 catches on 19 targets. Uh, how do the Steelers go about uh, defending Waller? Is that a healthy dose of Minka Fitzpatrick? I think so.
4: I think that seeing how – the Steelers used Minka Fitzpatrick on Sunday against the Bills. is going to be a good blueprint for how they use him going forward. And that's just moving him all over the field to create some of these matchups. Um, he is just so good at being a versatile defender. I mean, there's a clip going around on Twitter right now where TJ Watt re- went in the wrong gap and Minka came in from like out of frame, like a missile and stopped that play. Um, I think that, it's, it's interesting given that he kind of forced his way out of Miami because he was being asked to move around and do so much. But in Pittsburgh, I think the coaching staff is harnessing his ability to be really versatile and using it in a way that really benefits the team. And he's seeing that tangible success. He's seeing wins out of because he's moving around there. He's not just moving for the sake of moving. So I think it'll be a lot of Mika Fitzpatrick. I think we're going to see Devin Bush. Uh, take a turn on, on trying to shut down Darren Waller, but I think the Steelers are going to have to throw a bunch of different guys at him, kind of similar to what they did in the Bills game where they were rotating guys through the slot, creating a lot of different matchups. I mean, they were using guys like Trey Norwood and Arthur Millet and Minka Fitzpatrick and Cam Sutton at times. I mm-hmm. mean, the beauty in this defense is that versatility and their ability to throw a bunch of different looks, and I think that They're going to have to do the same thing to shut down Waller because he is just such a a difficult guy to cover. And I mean, Mike Tomlin said it best. They don't have a tight end on their roster that can mirror anything close to what Waller can do. He's more like, a Chase Claypool receiver than he is a Pat fryer or and Eric Ebron tight end.
3: Right. No, that's a, that's a good one right there. I like that comparison. And, and speaking of Chase Claypool, and this is actually my final question for you, do you expect to see Big Ben and the Steelers get Chase Claypool involved in the offense earlier than they did on uh, Sunday against the Bills?
4: I think it's definitely possible. I mean, I think that last week was about them trying to, especially Ben, trying to spread the ball around a little bit. Um, Deontay Johnson has been his favorite target last year. It seems like that's going to continue this year, but Claypool proved, Hey, you need to look at me. You need to look at me early because either he's going to get a catch or He's going to draw the PI. And that's, I mean, I think that Claypool is going to be that receiver that opposing fans love to hate because of his style of play, because of that physicality. I mean, I think he absolutely mossed the guy Mm -hmm. last week and we're going to see more of that. And, Ben really likes that type of aggression, especially out of the second-year receiver. And I'm going to be really interested, too, to see how he feeds off of having a full stadium of Steelers fans now. He's a second-year guy, but he's never had that before. And I get the sense that he's a guy that's going to really play to that. Um, and I, I would expect them to, to go to him a little bit earlier um, because he proved that, that he can be trusted with the ball in the season opener
3: yeah it, i i expect that as well and he is a heck of a player and that that catch that you mentioned the way he mossed that uh that defender was amazing just a heck of a play by claypool so yeah i do expect to see him get the ball early and often but uh it, it should be interesting how much conversation before i let you go of the of the uh, immaculate reception is going on in the pittsburgh uh, airwaves right now
4: <laughs> you know i don't know if, if they've gotten to that point in the week yet, but. You know, it's not. We're not going to get through the week without everyone <laughs> reliving that. Just you know, one or five or ten more times.
3: Right. Exactly. No doubt. It should be fun. Uh, it's it's a heck of a matchup when the Steelers and the Raiders get together. It's going to be played uh, in Pittsburgh this time, and so we'll see how it all shakes out. But Brooke, thank you so much for your time. Great as always. Uh, can't wait to the the game on Sunday, and we'll see you soon.
4: Absolutely! Thanks for having
3: me on. No doubt about it. There she goes. Great job, Brooke Pryor, ESPN. You can check her out on Twitter at b e Pryor. Covers the Steelers like a glove. You want to get a little bit of insight to uh, who's coming up, who's next up on the schedule for the for the Raiders for the Silver and Black. You know who they are. Pittsburgh Steelers, one and zero and one and zero. Something's got to give on Sunday. Early kickoff for the Raiders, but it doesn't matter. You play who's on the schedule, and you play them where they're at. So, um, much, much, uh, much respect to Brooke for joining us there to break that down. Three eighteen is the time. Come back, give you a give you a little bit of feedback off the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. We can have some open lines as well. Seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Got a couple little nuggets from the NFL around the around the league that I'll pass along as well. We'd like to call it Cover Three. We'll do all that next as uh, as we come back here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.
0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness, roughness,
3: here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm
1: going to have to kick you, you know what, today.
3: Here's your boy Q. Got to give a big shout-out to defensive end Max Crosby, as you heard there in the sports update. AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Week 1 of the NFL season. Crosby has six tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss. Raiders defeat the Baltimore Ravens Monday Night Football overtime style. Second time that Max has been defensive player of the week, going back to his rookie year. And I've been saying it, and I don't want to overhype it. I don't want to sell it too high. But Max just looks like a different dude this year. He's looked like a different dude in training camp. Looked like a different dude just, well, you just you saw it. I ain't got to tell you. You witnessed it on Monday. Just looks like a faster, he's uh, got more, more tools on his tool belt as far as getting to the quarterback. He did, and I, I I love Brian Baldinger from uh, NFL Network. He does a great job of breaking down film, and he uh, he put out a, a a tweet and a video. And I hate that I don't have it. I probably should have pulled it up before I started talking about it. That would have actually been like good planning. But he was talking about.
1: But I've also seen the video you're talking. You talking about, about you I've know what I'm talking seen about? This video, the video in question.
3: Right where he's talking about uh, Max Crosby and his moves to get to the get to the uh, the quarterback and what he did to Andrew. Villanueva on Monday and it was it was pretty incredible. And as I'm trying to stall to get there, it's not working.
1: <laughs> no, but it's all. There were so many plays because even Ted and that comes on the show, uh, he was actually at the game as well. But yeah. like, there's been so many videos that I've seen. It was like, look at how Max did this here. Look at like the second effort that he gave. You know, just to force the ball out of Lamar's hands. It's not just about the sacks. It was just he was everywhere in that game.
3: Yeah, no, he really was. And to Baldy's credit, man, he's been on Max Crosby calling him the Condor for a very long time. Uh, he, uh, oh, here it goes. Here it is. I uh, said Crosby is a true Raider and an approved player loving the reverse chokehold, the spin to win and the ghost move 10 sacks ain't enough for Mad Max. He's a Raider. He's a, he's a Raider hungry. So there you go. Um, yeah, he's been on him tough, but the, the ghost move is the one that I thought was really cool where basically he puts his, he put his hands up like he was going to bull rush Villanueva. And so then he goes to, he goes to t- kind of take the impact of that and kind of pull back a little bit. And Crosby pulls his hands back and just flies right by him because he, was, he, he caught him leaning the wrong way. And so it was, it was great. It was awesome. It's basically like you're, you're, you're going to, to try to block somebody that's not there. It's almost like when a basketball player pulls the chair out and the guy falls down, that's what happened. <laughs> that, that's basically what happened but on the football field. And so for Baldy to be able to point that out, everyone's not going to be able to see that and point that out. He did, and I thought that that was really cool. So shout out to Mad Max. He had a heck of a game. I think he's going to have a heck of a season. Uh, the young man from Eastern Michigan. Got a tweet right now. Hey, should have told Brook that the crew in our game didn't get the memo about calling holding the season. Several blatant holding calls against Crosby and crew, and flags remain in the pockets. Uh, that's from Co. Raider, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was actually going to say something to her when she said something about holding calls, and I was going to say, "Oh, don't worry about that. They never call. They never call holding when it's against the Raiders, or you know, when it's against the Raiders as far as the 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 defender trying to get to the quarterback. Because Crosby was held multiple times." Uh, and that's something that used to happen with Khalil Mack all the time. He used to always be held, and it's just something about it. I don't know what it is. I'm not the guy who signs up for the conspiracy theory, and that you know, flags are never thrown against. The, I'm not that guy. I know there's some that are. I'm not that dude. But uh, that's something I can I can agree with. That a lot of times you'll see a a, a blatant hold right there, and Crosby was the victim of that multiple times on uh, on Monday, and they did not throw the flag. I'll I'll, I'll give you that, no doubt about it.
1: <laughs> no, I was just laughing at that because
3: the Raider fans. Oh man! Oh no! Oh, I mean, no, look. We got, we like like I said, I'm not. Yes. I'm not. I'm not the guy that you know goes all in. Like I'm not the dude. You're not going to get me to get what's his name on the show. I'm not going to be that guy. There, remember, there was that dude that did say, like a whole. He did a whole report or something, and some big old long conspiracy theory that went down like 18 long. I don't know. Well, it, this
1: sounds like too much for exactly. me. Exactly. It was like too much for me. Game six of the season in 2018, <laughs> they missed the hold here. It was like,
3: it was too got, much. They got it out. It was for too us much guys. for me. I. That's why I I, I just can't. I, I, I don't do that. I don't sign up for that one. But I do sign up to hear from Raider Nation at 702 365 9200. Who we got up first, Damon?
1: We got Josh. And Josh wants to know something very particular. He's going to be in town for the Dolphins game. So he's going to ask you, like, what, what's the best places?
3: Well, you going to let him do it or you going to do it?
1: I just want to set him up as <laughs> best as I can. All
3: right, Josh, what's up, dude? Hey, Q, uh, great
5: show, man. A fellow Bay Area guy like myself. A uh, lot of love for you. Um, love the insight. Uh, yeah, you're going to be in town uh, for the Miami game with some buddies. Can't quite swing the game with the ticket prices the way they are and our flight leads uh, towards the end of the game. But where is the best spot near the strip to watch the game so we can be surrounded by our fellow Raider fans kind of like where's Ricky's, but in Vegas,
3: right? Right. No good, good stuff. Well, I'll tell you this, me and Vinny, Oh, he just hung up. Uh, me and Vinny, we, uh, we hang out at the rockstar bar. We did that on, uh, on this past Sunday, we hung out there and a lot of Raider nation showed up and it was a lot of fun. And it's right there, uh, across from town square. It's right there on the strip. You can't miss it. Uh, but that, that was a lot of fun, man. And I'll, I'll never say something as Ricky's because Ricky's was so awesome. That was my spot for many, many years. Shout out to Ricky's, uh, went there for many years, introduced a lot of people to, to Ricky's, uh, over the years as well. So I don't think anything will ever match what Ricky's is, but I will say the rock star has a lot of potential. It really does. It was a lot of fun hanging out with a lot of Raider nation. And I mean, we got there and I, I know I got there a little early. I think Vinny got everything kicked off around five, maybe in a little earlier than that. And I don't think I showed up till it was like six because, well, that's just kind of what I do. I roll in, um, you know, fashionably late all the time. Uh, but I don't, I don't know what time I left. I can tell you that. It was a late night. I don't think I left until the place closed down, literally, and it was probably around maybe 10 or 1030, and then we went to the next spot. Shout out to the Violator. Uh, we went to where we go after that, the Omnia. Yeah, we went there. We were all over the place, as you can tell by my Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter, at your boy Q254, it basically will tell you where I've been or where I'm going. It always is. It's like a map. Yes. It's like a blueprint to where your boy has been.
1: Cause I was looking at it and then like, yeah. Cause you had the video of violator dancing and respect to him to be in the full violator. Hey, man, get He up, was getting, getting it, it him on and his the wife, floor.
3: man. Yeah. They were getting it. And I walked in there I, I, and it was, it was great, man. At the, at the Omnia, we were on top of the roof and uh, it was just, yeah, it was a great, it was a great little party scene. I walked in there. Uh, my man DJ Mike was holding it down. I, so I grabbed the mic for a couple seconds, you know, <laughs> rocked the mic real quick, hyped up the crowd real quick. And then exited stage left. I'm out. That's what you do, Just man. Like that, huh? That's what you do. You walk in, you grab the mic, you say, "What up, though?" What about the people that was like, "Hey, where are you at? I want to go. I want to." We all, hey, we all said, "What up?" We all took some pictures. Oh, okay, so you did, stay At least for that. Okay. I mean, stayed would say, "What's up?" That's what you do. That's how you rock it, man. There's too many places to boat. You can't get stuck and and hovered anchored down at one spot. Especially at that time, I was like, man. At this point, I gotta. Yeah, I gotta get that. <laughs> energy. I gotta start leaving and go to the house. Yeah, exactly. Because you
1: you were already up at the stadium about like eight a.m.
3: Oh, I was there. Yeah, yeah I was there man, super so, early. Whew, super early. But it was a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of fun. 702 365 Who we got up next, Amon? The Raider Witch Doctor. What up, Raider Witch Doctor? What's on your mind?
5: Hey, what's going on, fellas? Killing, uh, man. Yes, yes. Just wanted to say that was one kick-butt game. That was cool. Uh, it kind of made us bite our nails for a minute. But, uh, you know, they got the dub, and that was cool. Yep. Uh, shout out to Gangsta Raider for uh, finally uh, giving some uh, props to DC <laughs> uh, <laughs> and his quarterbacking <laughs> skills. Yes, he started off uh, a bit cold uh, <laughs> in the first half, but once that boy got to rhythm, he was throwing darts. He was doing it. He was doing his thing. 31 points is always going to be a winner. Um, so yeah, uh, going into the future with this team and some of the hurt players, I'm not really concerned. Uh, that's why they built a depth chart. That's why they seek, uh, other people. And that's why we have practice squad and, uh, other players to fill up other spots. With that being said, um, We all knew Richie Incognito wasn't going to do probably about five games this season. I don't know why people are crying. Where's Richie? Where's Richie (laughs) Incognito? We all knew deep inside that that cat is probably going to give us five games for the whole year, if that. Um, No disrespect to the man, but, you know, he has gotten uh, up in the age of, uh, you know, getting hurt uh, all the time.
3: Yeah, you know, no, <laughs> it's father time. Father time is undefeated for a reason, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. Uh, great call, my man. Great call. I do appreciate you. And yeah, they, they've built the depth chart, but something that I've talked about, and I'm not trying to be Debbie downer. Uh, I've talked about it a lot though, The the depth and the difference between the guys that run with the ones and the guys that run with the twos, twos and a the halves. there's a, there's a, there's a big drop off. There's a big drop off, you know, and so I don't think that the depth chart is quite as deep as they would like it to be. Matter of fact, I know it's not as deep as they'd like it to be, but you know, on the defensive line, I do think it's, it's, it's pretty healthy, you know, and Gakwe, that's a big loss because that's a, that's a superstar. That's a superstar. So, you know, Gerald McCoy, I hate that for him, Um, but you do have Solomon Thomas, you do have Darius Phylon, you know, you do have Quentin Jefferson. I mean, there's guys there that you feel good about. And Gockway is a big, big loss. Depending on how long he's out, if he's out, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, he's dealing with the hamstring, and so we don't, we don't know for a, a fact exactly. But if he's able to go, then you're feeling pretty good about the defensive line, offensive line. I think there's some concern there. Denzel Good is a guy who played really well for the team last year. He played many multiple positions, and you know he held it down when he needed to. Now him being gone, and you know he's gone, and I know Richie Incognito, like we you know kind of joked about. Yeah, you know, we all know that you know he's getting older and coming off an Achilles injury and now has a calf injury, but he's still a damn good guard when he's out there. So now you're putting it all on John Simpson. And, and by the way, you're playing the Steelers, who have Cam Hayward, who have T.J. Watt. I mean, those aren't no guys to shake a stick at, man. Those guys can go. So, again, not saying that it's doom and gloom at all by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, injuries are a rough deal, man, and there's something that happens. Uh, the injury report that came out for the Raiders today, and remember, this is just a walkthrough. So when it's a walkthrough, just realize that it's not really an active practice. So uh, the note that the Raiders put at the bottom of the injury report, the Wednesday report, is an estimation. So just keep that in mind. Did not participate Denzel Goody's out for the season. Richie Incognito's got the calf injury. Uh, Josh Jacobs, toe and ankle, did not participate. Nick Kwiatkowski, concussion, did not participate. Marcus Mariota quad did not participate. Gerald McCoy out for the season. We know with the knee. Carl Nassib pectoral and toe did not participate. Ngakwe limited. Perryman limited dealing with the hip injury. Ngakwe with the hamstring. Roderick Teamer, ankle did not participate. So it's a pretty long laundry list. I'd right? like to
1: see the Ravens list too because maybe that just comes with playing like. They're already saying like maybe the game of the year. Well, I saw it's like such a
3: hard fought game. You know, I saw I hate that I didn't leave it up. I had it on on Twitter and they they I mean, theirs was pretty deep, too. Uh, and they actually had another guy hit IR as well. The guy that was that was uh, carded off the offensive lineman that was carded off uh, on Monday. He, he's on IR now. So, I mean, they, they're they're suffering a lot of injuries as well. I don't have that tweet. Sorry. Anyway, I, I would give it to you. Yeah, I would tell you what the team, Ravens But Both were.
1: teams just playing like that tough overtime game.
3: Where it's like, oh my God, this game was so exciting. But man, it seems like it really took a toll on the players. Well, it did. And it's the first game of the week or of the season. So it's a very physical game. And, and you know, you're coming out of a training camp, or preseason where you didn't get a whole lot of action. And so, I mean, you just go from basically not doing a whole lot to being thrown right into the fire. It's not easy not easy for anybody 702-365-9200 uh who we got up next to mine? snake man snake man what's on your mind welcome to unnecessary roughness
2: hey guys how you doing man chilling man chilling hey good q you had to um kind of think along the same line as i was a little earlier with some of the comments you made about you know Farrell. i, I called it earlier this really is his time he absolutely has to step up so this is a huge game for him, But also, I, I think the Raiders might be able to get by for a week or two without McGogley and without onyx because this week you know, they don't have that mobile quarterback. So I, don't, I know that Gus doesn't like to blitz a lot, but he may have to do that a little bit more this week. So I actually expect them maybe to bring a little bit more pressure either from the uh, linebacking core or from the safety core. Maybe even Hobbs once in a while on a, on a blitz or something like that because mm-hmm. – I don't think we're going to have any juice off the edge with Cleveland. I think he's great in run defense. We all know where the strengths are, but I think they to have to make up for it some other way. Can you see them like uh, maybe bringing and changing that defense up a little bit and bring a little more heat
3: that way? Oh, uh, thank you for the call, Snake Man. I Appreciate you. And yeah, I could absolutely see that. You know, and that's the, that's the job of Gus Bradley. That's the job of you know Rob Marinelli. That's the job of uh, Richard Smith. I mean, they, they've got to get creative with what they do uh, and make up for what they might not have. Uh, I could definitely see Hobbs coming on a on a blitz. You know, we saw that multiple times through the preseason. And, uh, you know, just because we saw it in the in the preseason doesn't mean it's going to happen. But uh, that's an element to his game that he can do. Jonathan Abram, I think I've said this multiple times. I think that he could play a, a, a Jamal Adams type role. I think he could have that kind of a, a impact. And Jamal Adams uh, has, you know, seven, eight, nine sacks a season sometimes. I mean, he's a guy that can get after the quarterback as well. There's plenty of things that they could do. Uh, you just hate to see a guy like Ngakwe go down week one. You know, you hate to see a guy like McCoy go down week one. You're hoping that you get through a quarter of the season, you know, five, six games of the season before you start really getting hit with the injury bug. But, again, it's something that you knew was going to happen. You just didn't know who was going to happen to. Uh, Josh Jacobs, you know, I know multiple people have hit, hit us up and said, well, he needs to rest a couple games. I mean, it's it's a toe. Regardless when he gets back, you know, he's dealing with a toe and an ankle. No matter when he gets back, he's still gonna have a toe issue. Even if he's resting and feels good, say he misses two or three games, he's still gonna come back with a toe issue as soon as he starts planting. And you can see the way he runs, the way he runs hard, if he uh, you know plants one way, it's gonna aggravate it. It's just it is what it is. He actually has um metal, like a metal plate in his cleat. You know, and that's going back to what Darren McFadden had at some point when he was running for the for the Raiders. He had he had to have uh you know metal plates in his cleats because he he was running on that that concrete there in Oakland, basically, of the Oakland Coliseum, and it just messed up his dogs. Ooh. You laugh like you never heard feet called dogs.
1: No 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 no. Oh, that's that, that's real funny. That's
3: no, 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 no 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 no. You're a funny dude, man. No. You're a funny cat.
1: No no. You know it's one it's one of those things. I'm always making jokes in my head. And you said that I was like thinking about something else that that involved feeding dogs, and I was like, "Huh, that was a good one."
3: Oh, you talking about uh? <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: All right, I'll tell a quick story that has nothing to do with anything. Okay. I remember one time when I was younger, um, you know, um, a friend of the family was like, "Boy, my dogs are aching," and I was probably like five or six, and I was like, "Oh, the wait. Yeah, I was like, "Yeah, which ones?" They was like, and they pointed at their toes, and I just stepped on. Them. <laughs> Why would you do that? I don't know, man. I'm. I'm <laughs> Why would you do that? That was such a bully move. i know such a bad kid. And This is like an adult too. So what are you
3: gonna do, fight a kid? Yes, <laughs> yes. You've never got a whooping from an adult. No one. Maybe you right. needed more whoopings <laughs> from adults. Unbelievable. Yeah, Why it took would me you? back?
1: Took me back to that memory of like five, six years. old. like, boy, my dogs are aching. Which
3: ones? Oh, this one right here. What? <laughs> you're a, you're a mean dude. That's a bully, man. You're lucky that it wasn't. 2021 man someone would have canceled you no man i'll be fine three 339 <laughs> is the time that's a mean dude right there demond is stepping on folks toes that stepping just said, on toes out here yeah there ain't no reason for that don't be no wonder people said that when we were at the car dealership with josh Jacobs. keep demond away from his toes now that someone must have known the story i didn't know i had no idea what they were talking about i thought you were a good dude now i come to find out you're a dude who would be stepping on people's toes when they tell you that it's hurting why don't you kick them down? We'll kick them while they're coming up the stairs or something, man. That's cold game. You are a cold, cold dude. 340 is the time. Come back. We'll close out the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness, clearly, with DeMond shining on Raider Nation Radio 920.
5: Any Oakland Raider fan, Las Vegas Raider fan, stand up. Keep standing. Keep standing. Anybody, anybody who's a fan or the way I played the game of football, you stand up too. Anybody. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Stand up.
0: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q.
3: Shout out to the GOAT, Charles Woodson, who was at the Coors Light's uh, little landing. Is that what they call the Coors Light landing there at Allegiant Stadium? On Monday, I was literally standing... Maybe 10 feet away from him. Got close enough to take a picture. I had a master plan, mind, You know I did. I went, what happened? Uh, life. There was so many people that were there. <laughs> you thought that Charles Woodson was going to walk around Allegiant Stadium and nobody was going to be like, Hey, C. Wood! Take a picture. Hey, C. Wood! I mean, my man had to walk. And I felt bad for Marcus from the Raiders, whose job was actually to escort him. That's got to be the hardest job ever. You're trying to escort Charles freaking Woodson. Around Allegiant Stadium with nothing but fans around there, that's one of the few guys. That's nah, actually one of many guys, but that's one of the dudes for sure. That he's not going to be able to go too far at all. So my master plan of trying to pull him to the side and getting a quick three four minute interview wasn't Only even going to happen. I didn't even I didn't even try because I that was going to be gonna silly. Just going to try to maybe get a contact info or something. I hey man I hey look look
1: because even before like that transition between the show like our show finishing and JT starting right. That was hectic enough. Yes. Because it was like already, hell, Charles is going to come. Charles is going to be here maybe in right. the next 20 minutes, and people were just, like, lined up.
3: Right, exactly. It happened so fast that it was there was no chance. So I wasn't even going to uh, try to make my own self look silly. Uh, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line real quick, 702-365-9200. I know we got a couple of great callers, and then we're going to get to Vinny Bonsignor, who is now in studio. He's got In the Huddle coming up 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, let's go out to Oregon, though. Let's talk to our guy, George in Oregon. What's up, my man?
2: Hey, Q, Jordan in Oregon. Jordan. I thought it was George, my bad. What's up, Jordan? My fault. (laughs) Hey, I I appreciate you taking my call, man, and loving the pod like always and finally getting a chance to hear you live. Raider Nation Radio, shout out to you, brother.
3: Thank you. I appreciate you.
2: Yeah, man. uh, One thing. Uh, on your Charles Woodson story, it reminds me of being in, like, high school, middle school status, and you're like, man, I want to ask that girl on a date or to the prom or whatever. You're looking for your window. you will like, wait till I get my window, you know, sneak on in there. Right. Uh, you'll, you'll get your time,
3: brother. Hey, you know what? It's funny that you mentioned the girl, though. There were so many of those that I had in high school. <laughs> Try to find that window, man. I tried to find that window uh, at, at the school and even at her house. I looked for that window and didn't get it.
2: Oh, totally, Q. Hey, hey, I just want to touch on real quick with with the depth of the offense. I know I've even left you a few calls on your your podcast, and definitely, you know, the O line is something you have heard me speak on, Q. But I'm 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 thinking this with our offense. You know, the way that they just opened it up, and just even seeing Drake out there, just added such a different element to like that short passing game. There was plays I was just my eyes were just following Drake and and just watching, like, you know, that five-yard cross, a lot of times he's on that linebacker matchup that, I don't know, man, something about seeing Drake out there lined up. I know Jacob's out there too, but Drake, something about the way he looks reminds you kind of of a slot receiver, but he also has that running back game. So on the O-line and the running back depth, I'm not – extremely worried with Pittsburgh if we can come out. And, you know, they're going to expect us to probably want to run the ball because that's what Gruden does. I think we ought to just come out just like we did Monday night, man, line them up wide and just start firing away. Short balls, short balls, hit them deep. What do you think, Q? My I on to something?
3: I mean, you could be. Thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. And, you, yeah, you could definitely be on to something. I mean, this might be a game the car has to sling the ball around the yard. But the thing about that is they got a they got a, a hunter out there. They got a hunter out in, the, uh, in, in center field. And, and Minka Fitzpatrick, that is an absolute turnover machine. The dude could play. I mean, Joe Hayden is good. He's a little bit older, but he's he's a good DB as well. I mean, they they have some – they got some depth around the secondary that you have to kind of pay attention to. Um, there's, there's, man, it's going to be a, a big question because Singletary, for the Bills, Devin Singletary, he was able to get off, and he was able to uh, to run for some yards, especially early on. I think he had like 70-something yards on the game uh, on 11 carries. I mean, the dude was able to get off. So, if the Raiders can establish something going with the, with the run game, that would be beneficial to him, but – that offensive line's got to step up and really make some big-time plays. And I love the analogy with the, the girl in the window, man. Vinny, you ever have any of those in, in, in high school?
0: Uh, yeah, but unlike you, uh, that, that, that window didn't fall, you know uh, slam down on my hands.
3: Oh, uh, you got yours, huh? Uh, oh, you were able to come through? Mm, oh, okay, mm, mm, okay. I'm Italian, man. Come on. I'm black. <laughs> well that me I like chicken. If you're gonna believe one rumor, believe all. Let's I mean, say, come on now. I like Kool-Aid, I like chicken, but believe all the rumors.
0: Let's just say, um
3: <laughs> we Were probably, you the we, Mac Daddy
1: Vinny? What's going on here? Uh, you know. No, I don't. What's up?
3: I, 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 I mean Hondo told me he dated a timber wolf. Not a, the, not the player, but
0: the. the I, I, yes, of course, of course. I think a timber wolf <laughs> might have been what he was. Oh. De- oh. Anyway, no, I had I had my day, no doubt about it. Uh, but right. uh, those days are behind me. I'm married and uh, feeling good about things. In fact, wedding anniversary on Saturday. Uh, oh, so uh, I'm not going to be here. I'll be in Pittsburgh. But um, how'd you do that? How'd you pull that one off? Work. You know what pays for those flowers and those dinners, and uh, <laughs> so that's so you got to right. plan accordingly. Yeah, uh, but I, I do got to say that um, you know you, uh, the the last caller was talking about offense, whatnot. Yeah. You know, when you think about it, and, and let's just put this in perspective. I know it's time to start looking forward, but the Raiders did score 33 points. Right, on a tough a defense. really good defense. Yep, yep. Uh, and they started slow, too. Yep, exactly. They, they, they started really slow. So that first quarter was basically a watch. Right. Uh, so in three quarters and, you know, uh, uh, 10 minutes of a... Hell, of they only a, had,
3: what, 10 points at halftime? Yeah,
0: right. So... Um, that should tell you something about where this offense can be, and right. um, you know what they're capable of doing.
3: Right. That's a good point. That's so, a great point, actually. Uh,
0: you know, just kind of looking ahead, and, and the Steelers, I think, last year were ranked right behind uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, in their de- defense. Yeah, their
3: defense is solid. So for sure, uh,
0: they showed that they can that they can definitely contend and 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 bully at times and right. score points and and get the yards they need that they needed to. And I, I really liked the fact that those two young wide receivers. When their numbers got called late in the game, after not really doing much up to that point, right. were dialed in and ready, and uh, they didn't sulk. They didn't. They didn't worry about the numbers, anything like that. And when it came to them, um, they, they embraced it and responded to it.
3: I was really impressed with that exact thing that you just said when it comes to Rugs, because yeah. everything that I've been told about Rugs is you've got to get him involved early, and he really wasn't. He wasn't involved early. And Edwards, I kind of feel like he's the the quiet assassin where he'll just. Hey, he'll do what he's got to do, and then when the ball comes his way, he'll make it happen. And, man, I'll tell you, I love the way he catches the ball. There was one pass I was behind him, and he just reached back and caught that thing yeah. straight in his hands. Uh, I'm very impressed by the, his catching style, but to get a guy who's a, a like a, a thoroughbred in rugs, to get him involved and not get him involved till late in the game and him still come through, I thought that was pretty impressive. Do you think
0: that carries over? Like I'm thinking that the way it finished, the way it evolved, mm-hmm. uh, and the way it finally played out, that's gotta be something that Derek in you know, when he's thinking about it, is like, Okay, uh it was a lasting impression that I think can carry over to the next game and it has to, like you said, I think these guys need to get more involved
3: earlier right exactly exactly but yeah i think that they they feel pretty good about you know the carryover and i think that they should have some carryover and you know shout out zay jones as well you know a guy who's not in the game that often but he was in the game multiple times on monday it looked like uh, rugs was cramping up a little bit looked like i get a little bit of a calf cramp up and zay jones like john gruden's told us all the time He's the hardest-working dude. He knows every position, and he's ready to go whenever he's called upon, and he was.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure to to professional football players, the look that they got was something that they, you know, have practiced and understand Mm -hmm. and know. But you know what? You still have to be on the same page. Exactly. You still have to be on the same page, and he was with his quarterback, even though he doesn't really play all that much. Right. And it was at that point it was a pretty easy pitch and catch, right? Uh, because they read it correctly and they were on the same page. But just the fact that you're on the same page with the quarterback and do what you're supposed to do and be where you're supposed to be, um, again, a lot of credit to Zay Jones. No
3: doubt about it. Demond, hit us with one more before we wrap up today's show.
1: All right, we got Bill. I was a little shaky about this, but it's Bill from Pittsburgh, California.
3: Hey, we Bill, out of Pittsburgh, Cali, baby, what's my own up? hometown.
6: What's, what's up, Bill? What's what's up? What's up? Hey, you know, um. Just to throw it in real quick, I got to meet Charles Woodson at the M. Man, it was great. Got, come, got me a couple bottles of bourbon. And, uh, yeah, it was like a, I took a picture with him. I sent it to my kids. They said I look like a little kid, you know, all excited for meeting somebody. But uh, it was all good. And, um, I want to talk about the atmosphere a little bit about the stadium. Huh? You know, all the games I've been to over the years, being ticket holder since 95, that had to be one of the best atmospheres ever. Ever that I've mm-hmm. ever been to to a game.
3: Nice, nice. There's a good testimonial. And, Go ahead.
6: Oh, definitely. And mean, we, we drove out there. I just got back last night. Had a great time since all five days out there in Vegas. are gonna make every game this year. But one thing I want to talk about also is a little bit of Max Crosby. Every person I've seen today walked up to me said, "Wow, wow." Yeah, yeah. The guy came. He came to play. He yeah. came to play, and uh, if we get that, you know, all year long um yeah
3: look out great call man great call thank you for calling from pittsburgh california i used to live this is a testimonial for myself 20 oak ridge court that's where i live pittsburgh california that was my address so if you remember that address go on by and tell them i said what's up that's nice uh <laughs> <laughs> max
0: crosby, <laughs> I, you know max crosby uh i i got hit up on twitter um by more than a few people because i criticized max crosby coming off last season mm-hmm. and um let me just ask. You know, here's the thing. Yeah, I criticized him. He's gotten better.
3: Yeah, he has. he has. No he doubt. Didn't have a game no like that doubt. last year. Did no he? doubt. He, no doubt he's better. Right. No doubt he's better. And, um, I, you know, and I, I hate to keep going back to the story, but I think uh his sobriety has a lot to do with it. That absolutely no he's question. He's faster. faster. He's way that, faster. He's in great shape. And I know
0: somebody. I think you know we were on a show together where. Well, he's a professional football player. They—they're all in good shape. Yeah, but there's good shape. And yeah, then there's extremely yeah. good. Yeah,
3: exactly. He's in extreme shape right now, and I've been saying it the whole training camp because I always go and watch the defense when we when we're able to go out there, right. and I keep saying he looks fast. Exactly, and we all saw that on Monday.
0: And you know, look, part of our job is to sometimes criticize. That's just of the way it goes. But we're also, um, you know, and I've always preached this about what we do hey, if somebody proves you wrong or somebody gets better, as long as you acknowledge it, it's all good.
3: Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And he's
0: playing really good football right now. He is.
3: He's going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem. And I think Ngakwe being out there obviously helps him in a major way, that that extra presence. But uh, even when Ngakwe was out of the game, you still saw Max – you know, he was he was flying around there and uh, and trying to help make plays. And him and Nassib, uh, they were able to make it happen uh, at the end of that game with Nassib blocking or knocking the ball out of Lamar's hands. So uh, good stuff right there. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor is coming up 4 to 6 p.m. What you got coming up? Who uh, you got coming up?
0: Well, we got Lincoln. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to that Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. game, but also really talking about Max Crosby because what he the way he played on Monday, that's all pro level. That's yeah. like – hey, could be in consideration for NFL Defensive Player of the Year if he plays that way. And there's really no reason why he shouldn't. He's he's
3: really dialed in right now. Third-year guy on a four-year deal. Money. T- timing couldn't be any better, right? This is when you do it. Exactly. This, That's is, what this is
0: usually the... Where the, the uh the rubber meets the road. Exactly. And some guys go this way and some guys go that way. And I think we could already see some guys going one way and going the other way. But we'll see what how that all happens and how people respond.
3: Absolutely. Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy coming up in the huddle coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty. We'll talk tomorrow.